Welcome to Higher Caliber. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Higher Caliber. Today I'm here with Tim Center. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> and we're back with Jeff. If you haven't listened to our episode, what was it, about last year or so? Yeah, about a year. Uh, we had Jeff on. It was audio only. If you haven't listened to that, go ahead and give it a listen. It was a good episode. If you got some time. Yeah. The uh, last time we caught up with you, um, I believe you just had one leg amputated and you were telling your story and now you have both of them. Yes. Uh, so what's been going on since then, buddy? Well, <laughs> that pretty much yeah but uh you know i think it's fair to say i talked a long time that last time but i i probably blame you for getting me a little hammered on scotch beforehand <laughs> it was your scotch so <laughs> i'm still a lightweight no matter whose scotch yeah. it is i guess but uh yeah you know just been coming back incrementally um i guess that's kind of the theme of you know what i was gonna try to talk about today is just mentally coming back from, you know, something that takes you out of your normal thing, which could be viewed as either a curse, obviously, or you, you could easily be viewed as that, or, uh, you know, it's all what you do with it mentally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I tell you all the time, I think most people will just want to give up and die. It seems like, yeah, well, maybe I, I'm talking about myself. I don't know, but there's always a worser case. And I think right. that's the, well, that's a good mindset to have. Yeah. And that's, that's embedded in what I got injured doing, which is like, you know, extreme sports. And I did FMX, uh, you know, specifically. So, you know, jumping dirt bikes and you don't start out wrecking your body completely. It's like you start out when you're a kid, breaking your collarbone, everybody, you know, it's the first thing people break. Yeah. Uh, and you feel bad about it. And even as a young kid, I just would say, well, people, so-and-so broke their femur last year. It could be worse. So I think that's what you do psychologically um, to make your, it's self-preservation, you know? Yeah. I think it's true. You know, very rarely does anyone have the worst case scenario of anything. So um, at least that's what I, you know, where I started at, I guess. Um, You know, I think when you have, uh, an experience, there's obviously pluses and negatives from it. And I think, you know, going all the way back, I can see where obviously I got messed up racing motocross mm-hmm. and, and, and doing these things, but, uh, you get a, a mental strength out of it. You, you can the same thing. You can either beat yourself up or, you know, we've all seen right. uncle Rico and, uh, Napoleon dynamite, right? Like <laughs> throw a football yeah. over the mountains. <laughs> that guy could have been something, I guess, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, for the people that don't know, you you wanted to get your leg amputated. Not wanted, but mm, not that was where it was going. And it wasn't just, yeah. I think a lot of people that. That's where it was going for well over a decade, yeah. actually. So, it, you know, everything happened in, in 2000, 2001. I broke both legs consecutively. But, you know, prior to that, I had like ruptured my spleen and, and you know, done a bunch of stuff that I there were points where I probably should have quit, but people that do that, they don't have that mentality. You're going to do it until 
some people would still be riding and racing, you know, right. there are amputees that do that, but I guess, um, you know, for, for me, the, the whole thing just kind of came out as, uh, you know, what am I going to do with that? Like it, it, it's, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here, but I, I, I guess with the legs, like it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a, you know, it wasn't a purposeful thing. I didn't want to get it done. Yeah. You know? I shouldn't I, say I, like you woke up one day and you wanted to get it done, but it was no, heading that direction. It was actually a hell of a process, yeah. you know? And I, I had, so just to go back, uh, you know, I had a non-union is what is commonly referred to as like, you know, your bones not growing back together. And so they did osteotomies and straightened it. And I lost length a couple of times and, you know, they, they lengthened it. So that's mm-hmm. a pretty severe process, but even before they lengthen it, my one leg, I, I definitely wanted an amputation. I went there and said, Hey, I'm ready. You know, I'm, I'm done with this thing. And so they talked me into that, that lasted five years. You talk, get talked into something else. And then eventually I, I got with the right person or the, the right people. And I think kind of doing it backwards. Okay. I want to get, you know, or not, I want to, I, I guess I need to like the, the actual physical thing that was going on is I had severe bone spurs in one ankle from breaking my talus. And then my other one, it was just, uh, looks like a bomb went off in there. Mm-hmm. And so even, so I, it, it's funny, you get hooked up with different people. And and so, so I'm seeking this, I start doing it backwards. I go to the prosthetist basically first. Awesome guy got me headed in the right direction. Got me set up with this um, surgeon. That's like the Michael Jordan of below the knee amputation. So he created a technique. Um, I actually thought it was an abbreviation forever. It's called the Ertl technique where they join your bones together. And it's just his last name, huh? Yeah. He's a Slavic guy or whatever. <clears throat> anyway, uh, you go there and it was in Indianapolis. Uh, so I, I tried to hook up with this guy and unfortunately his wife had just passed away at, right before that. And, you know, he was just in a different place. And so I kind of got, pushed to the back burner for like a year and a half and they didn't really take an x-ray. And so when I finally got hooked up with somebody in Columbus that, that, you know, they're not the MJ of it, but they're going to do a good job. This guy finally does an x-ray and he's like, dude, you've been, you know, walking around on a broken leg for how long? So he just laughed when he came in and I looked at him and laughed and I said, you know, what else are you going to do? So, you know, you're like, I know, I know what's wrong. Well, and that's not like a badge of honor that, you would carry around with you. It sucked, but, uh, you know, I think that kind of stuff makes you stronger if you're, you know, uh, conscious of it mm-hmm. and not treating it the wrong way. So, um, so yeah, uh, that kind of led me to where I'm at. And I think that time period, it was kind of crazy because like, you're just doing what you can and going to work and and that sort of thing. But at the same time, you're waiting for something to happen. And the worst part for me um, was telling people all the time. Right. Oh, I'm getting this because I, I, I tattoo. So I have clients and they, they care about what you're doing and you're stuck with them. So you're talking about it. Just the process of talking about it over and over again and, and having that shift around and take years. It just got me really to a point of like, okay, I'm just going to, power through this by myself. I don't need 
you know, it's actually kind of screwing with me a little bit. I'd say, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's where the, the nickname, I guess the uncle psycho mm-hmm. thing came from. So, you know, so I, that's a fairly recent nickname. Yeah. Yeah. And that, at the same time I lost my front teeth. And <laughs> so, um, I looked crazy. I felt crazy. Uh, these people kind of treated were me you like wearing a, that hoodie when you came in. No, no, oh. I don't even have a hoodie of it, but you know, we were making t-shirts and I, I just, you ever do something where you have to promote yourself and it's like, you don't feel qualified to promote yourself or right. like, sure. You get imposter syndrome a little bit. Or one time I, I was supposed to go speak in a class about being a successful photographer. And like at the time I was so not successful <laughs> at doing it. Yeah. like making $6,000 a year doing it. And I'm supposed to come in and tell these kids like what to do, mm-hmm. you know? And I felt the same way about, you know, we were, we were making t-shirts for ourselves at the shop and it's like, I'm just gonna make fun of myself. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know that's not maybe uh, the best mentally thing to, to to do with yourself, but right. it was all in the teeth. You know, like <laughs> they give you these things. Lost my two front teeth, so they give you these things that, like, a I talk with a lisp. There's like air moving through the top of your front teeth. I could whistle through them, you know, and <laughs> almost instantly, I'm like, I'm not wearing this shit. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. I look ridiculous, like two chiclets, you know. And I, <laughs> they still kind of look like chiclets, you know. Uh, and so, uh, I just kind of made fun of it, but you know, it kind of, it was a good experience because like, I don't think we should seek other people's approval in any way. Right. And like, <clears throat> I mean, I'm nervous sitting here right now talking. Yeah. I know this isn't going out to suit huge amount of people or it's not, I can't imagine being a celebrity. Like, could you not, guys even imagine like just a feeling of showboating? It's not very, I mean, it's not a humbling thing. Well, me stupidly choosing every career is showboating, right? Freestyle motocross. What are you doing? You're showboating mm-hmm. as an artist. What do you do? You create a little marketing scheme for yourself. You put yourself <laughs> out there. I am so pissed. So everything you that. chose. Yeah. I, I, I suck at it. Yeah. And like, I guess it's not surprising that I suck at, uh, you know, but honestly, putting myself out but there. Honestly, for this. That's anything where you're not making widgets at the widget factory. You have to self promote no matter it's what true. you do. It's you true. Know? And like, they, they don't really teach that so much where it's like networking is such an important thing, but it really mm-hmm. is like I, when I went to graduate school, I pretty much, I loved the camp and I liked that whole, like my whole thing out there was like experiencing place and, you know, going out into different spaces and photographing them. So like I could have gotten way further ahead if I would have went to all the art openings and done the, the hobnobbing that I needed <laughs> to. And like, I'm just incapable of it. And that, you know, that's a whole different subject. Um, but you know, it speaks to how I've handled things, I guess, like, I just handle them internally. I, I think the uncle psycho thing, it, it speaks to how close I was to like losing my shit, but at the same time, like, okay, psycho therapy, what are you going to do? Figure it out kind of thing. And right. I think we just got to know, <clears throat> got to getting to know each other when that was going on. Mm-hmm. Like you're losing it, dude. <laughs> but, um, you always come back around and I think it's true that you got to kind of lose something to be able to gain something. So, you know, that's the biggest thing is like, I seem to have like life gets interrupted pretty hardcore every 10 years, which could be also a negative thing, but it's such a a great thing in a way, like being able to just 
it's like a painting. Like if you're, if you're a painter, you're doing this real close all the time. And then what do you have to do? You have to like step step back. back. Yeah. We don't do that enough with our lives. And I, you know, I've, I've made turns and not to say that they've always been the best turns, but I think being able to just like, be like, okay, I'm doing something else now Mm -hmm. is empowering, you know? So, um, did you have a question? No, I was just agreeing with you. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, just different experiences, you know, forming someone's background. Um, I think it's interesting that I'm friends with you guys because I have such a different background, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of what I'm probably going to talk about is, you know, more, um, whatever you want to call it, uh, feminine, I guess viewed as viewed as being a little bit more of a feminine way of thinking things. And I know that's like not a popular, uh, not I shouldn't say popular, but amongst your viewers, that's like a well, less. Isn't that how hair metal got so so successful? Well, that's like a different thing. <laughs> um, you know, like the idea of fear, like mm-hmm. that's especially in your community, fear is like you're supposed to be fearless, and you know, like there is something to being fearless. But but we know the people who say they're fearless are also full of shit. Yeah. So right. Yeah, and it's embedded in everything. Right. You know, you go to. It's a, it's a mask that you, you wear go to cook dinner and it's a little bit intimidating. Am I going to fuck this up? <laughs> Am I going to burn these steaks? All right. Like, I don't, I'm not <clears throat> saying that rules over you, but like, it's part of laziness. It's part of procrastination. It's part of not doing the shit that you need to do basically. Mm-hmm. And so I read this book and, and, you know, and like, I think art leads you towards all of these self exploratory things, you know, and you know, why can't I create something fear? Most times you have an unconscious fear. And I think that, you know, that's programmed into what we view, what we read, how we live our lives, just our culture in a way. Um, you know, it's not really fear, I guess, lack, you know, like I I lack something when, when you did art and you just, when you used to do uh, like college level stuff and you put stuff out. So people just looked at it and just said whatever they're going to say. And you weren't really there unless it was a specific critique. But when you're, when it's social media, you most likely will read the comments and that's yes. something you really don't want to deal with. Yes. Not because you think they're all going to be negative. Well, and you have to kind of get a thick skin. They say, right. and, you know, get it's all critique. Right. I think when you're, that's the one thing that art school does prepare you for is how to argue and how to like come at something from a point of view and think about all the other points of view that could be coming in. Um, you know, I, I think it's also the fast pace of the internet where we just put up butthole pictures every 10 minutes and the things that you were used to putting out is I've actually thought about this a few times. So whatever you put out, people are just like, Okay, move on. You're just like, what the hell? That right? exists. But it's like, but it's just a never-ending, just short attention span loop where it's like, yeah, I think that it's was just ten people. minutes ago. That's just know? people, you know. Like, right? Uh, I was just seeing this graphic that I don't know. You guys know who David Goggins is, right? He's Who's going to carry the boats, dude? I don't know that expression. So you, you don't know David Goggins? <laughs> My bad. 
No, people make fun of him quite a bit. I don't know about make fun of him, but he's the guy who always says who's going to carry the logs and who's going to carry the boats like on the shoulder from uh, Navy SEAL or from Bud's training. So now there's people just running around with logs. Like, who's going to carry the fucking logs? <laughs> well, like he's so extreme that I think yeah. he invites that kind of like criticism in a way, but like he, that, that was basically the graphic he put up. These are, I don't know how he figured that out. I'm sure you know more than I do as far as like you can, he had someone analyze what's coming in comment wise. And it was overwhelmingly in the negative. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people could, how you could hate on that guy. Like, uh, I'm not doing shit compared to him. Right. You know? And like the guy was out fighting fires and then he decided to run an ultra marathon at the end. Like he's a maniac. (laughs) And so, you know, could you say he's got, I'm sure he would say he's got plenty of psychological issues, but he's like found his own way to deal with it. And I think that's the interesting part about him is like, he, he's like a complete, quit being a pussy, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and let's go kind of guy. And, um, I think that's valuable. And that, I I feel like that kind of thing is the most popular these days. Like people, uh, love or hate like Andrew Tate, but that's why he got so big because the, the masculine just get out there and fucking do something and don't be a pussy really just emerged again, you know? Did he ever really describe what he's doing though? Who? Tate. Did he puts out videos every five seconds? There's no, it just seems like partying and, you know, snorting Coke off of a, a prostitute's <laughs> tit is like, uh, I don't think so much to. anymore, but I'm not going to be an Andrew Tate apologist. So I don't, but no, no, I'm just saying I, I'm that, not breaking him down that way, that but I just kind think, of, uh, you know, I thing. guess that's the, the thing is like, I don't know what social, like what social media is doing other than just continuing to drag our emotions through the mud, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I'm just as guilty of it. I follow FMX writers and I'm still like looking at it and like going back to that time. And I think, you know, have you ever thought about what an algorithm is really? Like, it's so weird to think about, but it's like a, a history mirror. If you think mm-hmm. about it, like you do something it tracks that and then it shoves you back, shoves it back in your face. And so how's that good? You know, that's the definition of not getting over something. So (laughs) heaven forbid someone looks up how to get some help online, you know, like then they're, they're, you know, marked with whatever this person's depressed. I'm going to keep it. Like, it just seems, it seems like it's meant to keep you in the state that you're in and, um, or, or less than that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I do it. I had to quit doing it with even just shooting pictures. That's not to do with anybody else, anybody else, but even just shooting a picture of a tattoo, nothing good's going to come out of that really, you know? And what, I know, why I know is that the self critique, mm-hmm. the self critique part of it. And it, it never is good as it's, it's like a sculptural thing, you know, it's on mm-hmm. a body, which isn't flat you take this flattening thing and you put it up there and the lighting can never be good enough. And it, you know, you don't think I'm just the, never satisfied. You don't think the risk is worth the reward of putting your own work out there. Oh boy. That goes back to my own, how I feel about social media, I guess. Like, and that, that you know, and that's, that goes back, I guess, to like, if you, if you go to, uh, if you're an artist and you're making something, like they wanted me so badly to do artwork about B 
being a dirt bike guy and doing this. And like, I'm not saying that they were even, there was no, there wasn't a negative intention to that. They just wanted to know about my, my lived experience, but I'm not doing that. Like I can't sum it up, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel that way about practically everything now, but like, uh, there's no way that I can take somebody back through all those experiences and just the, you know, I, I, I look at how under, like, you don't hear about that sport anymore. Like back in the Mountain Dew extreme, uh, gravity games, (laughs) the gravity games days, you know, like you heard about it then. And those guys might've been, I'm not trying to level their achievements at all. It's like, it's just so undervalued, just like anything else, anything that if you're a badass at doing something like people don't understand it, people, you know, and that goes back to, uh, you know, even empathy, you know, for, for someone to, I don't know what it was like to go to combat. I don't know what it was like to serve in a, a, you know, unit and have a friend pass away. I don't know what they, I don't know what any of that shit's like. Um, so I try not to speak to it that way. And I think that's part of the sad part for those people is they can't really get anybody just like, just like what you're asking with art. It's not a social media thing. You, they've done studies on how much time people spend with artworks in museums and how much time they spend reading the artist statement. And like, no one gives a shit. (laughs) And like, I can't say no one because there's a community of people who really care about it, but But generally speaking, most people aren't going to give it much time. And I look at our attention spans now, like we're just going through stuff. And uh, I don't think that's really fair to our brains or other people. Right. Especially if you're being, you know, kind of a dick about it. <laughs> so I just feel like I don't want to be a part of playing myself out like that, I guess. Cause I've, you know, they, that's part of the process you go through before you get amputations where you, they make you meet people. Oh, really? Yeah. They make you meet other amputees. Well, at least my people did. I don't know if that's standard procedure, but yeah, they had me, um, do a small survey and it was kind of terrifying is that like is that for the decision making process yeah which was kind of frustrating because i i don't feel like they never did an x-ray like take an x-ray and like i need it right right but at the same time you gotta like uh okay you've got all these stories coming in and the one guy was just like destroyed by his, his amputation and he said he gets up every night and he looks at his leg and he's crying about it. And you have to know when to discard that person's experience and say, I'm not going to be that way. Mm. And I I think that's part of, that's part of the formula for me is controlling negative viewpoints of yourself, I guess. Um, Yeah. It's obviously extremely important. Like I said earlier, you didn't just crawl up in a ball and do nothing, you know? Well, and it's kind of, going back to what it would be like compared to someone else. It's such an individual, like I, I have such an encapsulated experience. Like I chose to do this. I got messed up. You know, it's been my choices all along the way. I don't, I guess if I could, if I run the wrong way with it, I could um, blame the promoter or blame my dad or, you know, like I would never, you know, like I was an adult when I did those things. So, uh, 
I think owning it is part of it, but like, how do you own it when some of these more complex situations based on what we were talking about? Like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know exactly what to recommend to someone who is suffering from P- PTSD, but at the same time, I kind of think that there are things that you can start to do mentally that might lead you out of that. And, you know, and it's, it's such an incremental thing, you know, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. What's been the biggest thing for you mentally? Like what routine have you made yourself get in? I could meditate more. And I know that sounds like once again, kind of foo-foo or whatever, well, medi- but the way I understand it, when I used to hear meditation, I would think of the weirdest, craziest Buddha monk thing ever. But now the way I understand it, there's a dozen different ways to meditate for different people. And yeah. And everybody kind of blames and myself included. I, I used to just say, well, I can't make my brain sit still like that. Yeah. Find a space of nothingness. And I know that is the goal a lot of times, but the, the, the things that I think about are always like, just thinking about your life and, and not in a retrospective, I could have done this or let me go back to that experience more projecting what you want out of the, the future. And I've been reading this book by this guy, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And uh, he talks a lot about not just envisioning a future, but kind of actually feeling it. And that sounds, you know, weird. But uh, there's a lot of brain science that goes behind what he's saying. He, he's not just like some mystical person or, you know, like uh, new age philosopher. He's, he's an actual brain scientist. So there's all these crazy studies that they've done uh, with just brain power. And we know about placebos and we've heard about those where it's like very um, compelling to, to see however many, way above 50 percent of people in a placebo study have good results. Mm-hmm. How's that possible? Well, they've done um, studies in people where they meditate on working out and not just like yeah, was working it the out Cleveland clinic study you were telling me about. Yeah. And you know, they, people grew muscle mass. Uh, they did one with pianos where they had a group that learned piano and took lessons and another group that just thought about it during that lesson time. Same results. That's wild. And so, you know, this guy's theory, it's not a theory, I guess. He he seems to know what he's talking about. Uh, Feelings are attached to your entire body, you know, like how you feel about something. And so you can imagine if someone's tortured by a past event, like what that's doing to him. And he has this story in the beginning of the book that's just horrendous. You know, some lady her husband commits suicide and you know, it just a super downhill story where she lost her job. She lost her kid. She lost everything basically. And then she just started thinking about, uh, changing her neural pathways is like how this guy approaches it. And he's right. You know, we, we, we get into patterns all the time and it, they, they say that like 90%, 90-some percent of our thinking is automatic, especially if you're on a schedule every week. Does that mean you have to go out and act erratic to try to break that? <laughs> no, not really. But uh, he's just saying there's small adjustments that you can make if you don't like things. You can, you know, retrain yourself and it's going to be uncomfortable. It's like quitting smoking or anything else where mm-hmm. it's like you're going to be uncomfortable at first, but you can train your 
new thoughts to kind of make a roadway. Does this guy have pretty good recommendations on where to start instead of just sitting down and thinking your way out of? Well, he starts it. He thinks, and a lot of people, I'd say not just him, think that it starts with just appreciation and love, you know, and that sounds mainly for yourself first, I'm assuming. Yeah. And I think that sounds so cheesy. And I, I guess I've heard that in the past. And I think people were right when they told me that, Hey man, you don't, you need to love yourself more. And it's like, what a thing to hear, you know, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> how can off, you not buddy. respond negatively to that, <laughs> right. you know? And I think any way you frame it, the human psychology is going to be like, screw you. But I think it, it, a better way to frame it for, for people who are more, uh, alpha male types is respect. You know, if you're not respecting yourself or your own thoughts or, you know, I I think I tagged you or I I sent you that thing earlier and I told you to listen to a certain part of it because the thing I thought that was interesting about that is they were saying, you know, most of us think that you can have this interior dialogue and none of it matters. As long as it doesn't come out and manifest itself out of your head, it doesn't matter. But he's saying it does like those are reinforced pathways. So if you, you don't have to say I'm shit, but if you think I'm shit a bunch of times, like you're gonna, your body has a way of following through with that. I believe that it's really interesting. Um, so, you know, and I, I think that goes along with, I'm sure a lot of veterans are looking for help and they go to seek therapy and a lot of therapy goes straight to pharmaceuticals now. Mm -hmm. What if some of the stuff that we're talking about is true? Like, uh, it it seems true, but could you imagine like what we're doing to people with more, uh, poison essentially, right? It's going to alter that same chemistry that you're trying to gain control of. Yeah. We're just damping down those building blocks. Yeah. And, you know, and, and cognitive therapy has boiled down to at this point, just when you, you just go talk to somebody, that's not, that's like step just, one, not like the rest of your life, you, you know, know I, I peer groups. I know there are a lot of peer groups out there for veterans and, you know, like, but what to me, I don't want to go and talk to a bunch of other amputees about their experience. Like, that's cool that I have a community, but at the same time, I'm, it's like posting about it online. Every time someone comments, Oh man, you're, you're so brave. Even like if they do that, I'm still going back to that and reliving that. Yeah. Whatever mm-hmm. it's keeping me. I don't want to think about myself. I, I want to be surprised when I look in the mirror and see my legs. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. And that, that's not avoidance. That's like, okay, I still have to deal with it, but it's not going to dominate my, that's not who you are. No. Just like we've talked about your job isn't who you are. Your no amputation is not who you are. Well, think about all the things that define us in that way. It's, it's difficult to, uh, break out of any of that, especially I'm not a parent either. So I, I speculate on what it's like to be a parent, but I would think a lot of these issues become a lot more serious, uh, when you have kids. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sure you guys feel that, you know, it, it, it's easy for me to joke around about doomsday, but not when you have kids. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah. Then you got to worry about feeding their asses. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once they get to shooting age, it becomes a little easier. I'm sure. Yeah. So, you know, do you think, uh, I've I was- completely avoided this. But <laughs> avoided what? 
my notes for myself. I just I'm completely off track now. So um, I'll give you I'll give you a minute. No, I'm fine. Yeah. I guess what he talks about most is just elevating your state of consciousness. And that seems so uh okay, I'll I'll go elevate my state of consciousness. I'll do it tomorrow. Like, if you break down all that stuff and what it's <laughs> actually saying to do it's what you need to do uh just like the loving yourself thing it's like i already do i take myself and i cook myself a pound of bacon every once in a while and eat it (laughs) (laughs) self-care yeah yeah uh so you know for me i just want to get past the conditioning past the I, i haven't made a post about anything like i have clients i feel like i feel like i just left them hanging but for me i i just literally can't think of a way to come and and just present that to people right what's more upsetting for you the fact that you haven't made a post or the fact that you're mad that you haven't or you're even thinking about the fact you haven't made a post like the fact that it's bothering you because i think the latter i is, feel like i'm at a school dance and i'm expected <laughs> to go out in that circle you know and yeah. i'm like oh man i don't know what i'm gonna do and right then now. when you finally go out there you realize people are just doing this back and forth well like <laughs> I, that would have freaked me out as a kid yeah. you know and I, I definitely was not the one in the center of the the circle dancing and i had friends that did but i realized eventually that i mean the more stupid you look out there the better right. for sure uh oh that's so the whole social media thing i'm constantly on it so i'm not going to preach to anybody but when i hear things like well there was a there was a bomb threat i didn't hear about that at all well it was on facebook i don't have facebook and the people are like well it was on facebook it's like that's not the real world (laughs) you're expecting people like just to be what is it called when we're all just we are Facebook or mm-hmm. the internet. Well, like we're all neural linked in. Yeah. And it's like, there's plurality of truth. Yeah. If it wasn't on Facebook, it didn't happen. And as much as I use it, it pisses me off. Like to no end. Like, I think you busted me a few on a few things where I've tagged you in something. And I'm like, man, man isn't this screwed up? And you're like, <laughs> is that real? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. It's on Facebook. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, once you plug yourself in, you have to realize that it's a game, you know, like, well, and there's literally no other way to do it now. I can't like, you'd have to just remove yourself and be a hermit, which I'm pretty close to, but. And some of the best time I have is just as weird as it sounds is like putting my phone down and just hanging out with my buds and you know, drinking garage beers. And, and then stuff. you feel like you're doing something completely. Yeah. Not that you shouldn't be doing, but it's almost like a whole different. I think that well, you just feel better because that's what we're supposed to be doing is talking to each other and not like, well, your actual brain chemistry is changing in those situations. Yeah. And that's a lot what they're talking about with. I've meditation. sent you both four reels and you didn't even notice just sitting here. Just you now. probably did. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Yeah, Jeff, you, talked Check to, later. you said that you were really close to a hermit and I don't know you as well as Jared does, but I know your situation. But the other day when we were and you came to help build. Yeah. The beat laboratory, and you rolled up on a fucking motorcycle, <laughs> and I was like, "It's the same guy that just gave me a tattoo." I know he doesn't have legs. <laughs> well, I mean, you find a way to do stuff, and like it's and he rode up on a motorcycle like that. Like to me, yeah, I was like, "This fucking dude's got it figured out." Uh, that's just it, though. Is it, I, yeah, no, I don't. First of all, but I guess it's very humble yeah, of you, I, but you still rolled up on a motorcycle. You rolled up on a motorcycle. 
There's no way. I because in our line that. of work, we see amputees. We see people with legs that don't fucking walk. Yeah, but there's a lot all of the time. Cases. All the time. You know there's, what I mean? Yeah. But for somebody that doesn't have legs, like, yeah, he's I got mean, legs. It, it, you, you do. I'm going to, I'm not going to go and like get back into racing or anything. I'm not I, saying I just that, have but to like, uh, you got to push yourself. Exactly. You know? And I, I think you, I think you are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just, I have my own weaknesses, you know, social media being one. I was talking sure. about that, but I'm, I'm real good at kicking. I called it like kicking a two by four. Like when you get new legs, even now, after I've shrunk down and everything, I'm still on temporary legs. So I'm still not all the way through it. Uh, at first it's like kicking a two by four, like Bruce Lee style. I'm going to toughen up, you know, and my, my knees actually are a pretty good uh, example of that where I, I couldn't kneel for about 10 years because I had hardware all, all up in my legs. Mm-hmm. And so once that came out, I'm like, Oh, I'm crawling everywhere. Like if my legs are off and I'm, <laughs> I have to use the restroom, I'm crawling in there, you know? Yeah. And like, it kind of works itself out perfectly actually, because like kneeling next to my tiny toilet, like, <laughs> I don't need to get into it, but you know, it's, it's perfect height. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but my knees were such little bitch knees at first. Like I couldn't even crawl on a carpeted floor, you know? And so am I going to give up? No, I'm going to keep like, you're forced to do it. And so there are those little times in life. I, everybody gets that occasionally. Oh, I got to go dig a hole outside. I don't want to, but you go and do it. And like, what do you feel afterwards? A, a small little sense of achievement or, you know, you're digging yourself out of like, man, I don't do shit. That part of you that's in the back of your head where you're like, and everybody feels that way. I, I think, I don't know. You, you, I uh, have my own situation and like people look at it and especially like when you, when you redo your own house, like I, I'm sure people looked at my house from the road at, at certain points and like, what in the hell is this guy doing? It has taken forever where's the siding at, you know? And like, eventually you get it and people start rooting for you. And so I think other people get that. Uh, it's way too easy to impress other people because like, I, I just, I grew up racing bikes, you know? And like, I, I can't not ride a bike, uh, a little bit. So like what I see is just like kind of pedestrian, you guys kind of seeing it in a different way. And I, whether or not that's warranted or not, I guess, being humble about it and always striving for more is kind of the, the answer. Like if I were to be like, Oh yeah. Rode over here that day. Like, you know, it's yeah, nothing. Right. It's well, nothing. you're not racing again, but the fact that you're like, you know, yeah. this is who I am. So I'm going to do what I always do. I don't. Yeah. You know, legs not, be damned. I'm know, doing it. <laughs> uh, that's the cool part, I guess, about where I'm at now is I'm kind of just on the bridge of uh, getting back to, like maybe I might try to snowboard next year. I don't know people snowboard with, you know, prosthetics and it's just hard to, you got to pace yourself, you know? And I, I thought about maybe even trying that this year. There's always time, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you know, for like what I'm trying to do, I guess is just manage expectations too. You know, they, you have, Everybody else, that's part of how social media gets you all messed up is other people's expectations. The idea of like, that's exactly what it is coming back. Like, oh, dude, you're back. No, it's such a gray area in between. Oh, I'm 
laying in bed and I'm back fully. Like, yeah, you know, I, I, I should probably be back to tattooing full time, but I just cannot stand to sit around on these things. Like mm-hmm. for some reason, you know, the back of them rubs a little bit. And so that killed me for a while to not be able to come back full time. Uh, but I've grown more used to the idea that I just got to do things at a little different pace. Um, you don't need to walk into the doors yeah. again and have people just fucking give you a round of applause. Like it just doesn't not, exist. Yeah. You know, like I, I find it hard to, I, I don't know how that many, how, how do people have that many people that would care about them in that way? Like, is that, is that like a sad statement about our society or is that just the way life is? You know, I would like, just have to pretext him and say, Hey, I'm walking through the door. I need you to give me a little, uh, start the golf clap, yeah. start the slow clap. Always wanted to start <laughs> one of those. That popular. I don't know. Not us. It kind of, that must be weird. Yeah. Maybe all those are staged events. Could be. Any, any party over 10 people is a staged event. <laughs> well, oh, wait, wait, wait. You, the, that's a different show, I guess. The fact that, um, I, can, I don't know if we talked about it on mic or we just talked about it in general. Um, the fact that people didn't see you active on social media and were like, what the hell? Like, yeah, that's what happens. He's down. You're crazy. He's, down. he's not living like the rest of us. Losing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <clears throat> I guess I didn't help that with the whole Uncle Psycho thing going into it. But, you know, I guess you could. I could probably do more of that, but that's. Right. I don't want to. And I think it's, you know. I still participate in it, but it's something I'm trying to phase out. I have plenty of other things that. You know, I, I think it's important to have dreams and, you know, whatever that is, like, uh, my dreams are my dreams. They're not that lofty anymore. I, I just want to have like a homestead basically. But, um, at the same time, there's stuff in there that I consider to be like innovative, I guess, you know? And so I think for me, even when I was like in bed or couldn't walk or waiting on legs or whatever, uh, you could take that time as, as like, I'm going to play a bunch of video games or watch a bunch of TV or surf the internet or like kind of make a plan and re you know, retool yourself for whatever is coming next. And I, you know, we, none of us know what's coming next. I mean, that's a whole other subject entirely, but, um, you know, for me, I I just want to keep things positive, keep growing, uh, what I have to, to grow. So like literally, you mean? Yeah. I mean, my thing like is food, se- food security, I guess, yeah. you know? Um, and I think, um, I think people that actually utilize those, uh, programs where they have vets and who else to, uh, homesteading and working on ranches stuff. That's where it's at. At least that's where I see it actually work. I mean, for you, if you wouldn't have stuff to actually do, don't you think, for most people, that's where the depression actually sets in yeah. when they're stagnant. Yeah. And they just, I mean, they have no tomorrow outlet. doesn't really matter. It's just another day. It's easy to see that world when you're like living it and you're stuck in an apartment. And I, mm-hmm. I feel very blessed to, to have the space that I do. But I guess part of part of what I want to figure out is how to share that with people or how to get people interested in that because there is something to taking care of, uh, other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I frame that kind of loosely because it could be anything, could you be know? anything, 
you, you hate to tell somebody to go get a pet or a plant and then they, you know, kill the plant or the, you know, not taking care of the animal. But, um, I do think that helps when you really, you have no way to love yourself. So like learning how to love something else is kind of, you know, and people that happens with people and kids all the time. Like mm-hmm. they're not very respectful of themselves and then they have a kid and you know, they either become worse sometimes, I guess, but sometimes a lot of people, a lot of people turn it around. It I fixes think. their life a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. So, um, do you think people were more depressed back in the day when they, when, uh, I don't know, pick a time hundred years ago, the great depression. I was going to say that. <clears throat> It's almost like we had to evolve to the point where we are now into depression. You know what I mean? I mean, there's that comes from all sorts of places, but I mean, Uh, now like when people are too worried about whether they're going to get a meal the next day, they might be anxious, but they're not depressed. But when people can't lose weight and the society we're living in now, it's the hardest thing. And they're depressed about that. Isn't that, well, my grandma used to talk about what she got for Christmas, you know, and she was born in 1913, lived to be a we got oranges. She would always tell us about the oranges she would get at Christmas. And like, that seems like so uh, archaic at this point, like that get, they got fruit, but that, that just speaks to like how you just didn't get everything all year around. Like right. you didn't get avocados on demand and, and all the stuff that we, you know, I, I, I think that's part of like, you know, the mentality we we're talking about where every, there's always a worst case scenario. Well, think about some of those worst, worst case scenarios. I, I think about, not just veterans and war situations and all the sacrifice that was made in that sense, but even just agricultural or uh, if you ever seen pictures of like Pittsburgh and the industrial revolution, like it was a straight smog pretty much. (laughs) And so people lived through all these conditions to kind of get us to a point where we have such an easy life life now. And like, that's what kind of frustrates me about the, the idea that, life is boring. Well, life is boring because other people pay the price to make it right. mm-hmm. easy. And so to me, I kind of, I think I owe it to all of those people. And I think in a more direct way, people tend to think about it from their own family's perspective. Grandpa passes away. Oh, he had these dreams of doing something. Well, I want to live that for them, mm-hmm. which is a weird concept because like they're it's not, not here. Yeah. But uh, I find myself doing stuff for people who are never here. And that seems like such a weird concept, but like, I think that's part of what you're saying where you evolve to a point where you're like, Oh my God, what are we doing? And then you return back to some of these less technological solutions. Exactly. Um, and that's not, that's not even mentioning all the technology that's been suppressed, but that's getting back into the conspiracy uh, and the things which I won't. It's the very top of the rabbit hole. You keep me. <laughs> <laughs> you keep the the screen over the rabbit hole for me. Yeah. <laughs> the screen doors. I know it's shut. coming because I can feel myself being pulled into it. Like, Laura <laughs> filter. Anyway, I don't. I don't like being labeled as such. No, I don't either. Don't you dare discredit me. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's a conspiracy theorist. <clears throat> well. Without going into it, I mean, how much of that is true now? Come on now. All of it. Uh, so, you know, the other thing that I, I wanted to mention is like, uh, 
kind of how all this kind of comes back to stuff they're finding in science, which I'm not a scientist. I'm not, you know, and anything, anything that I talk about, I just want to preface with that. I'm not an expert, but I'm here to share my experience. You don't have a monopoly on the science. There's only one group of people that have that. And it's not you screen door on the rabbit hole, but (laughs) just ran right into it. Flirting with it. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Uh, but you know, it, a lot of stuff that they discover are, are, are discovering, uh, with quantum physics and, uh, it, it's just so, it's so crazy to think that nothing really, you're not there really. Like right. if you go down on the subatomic level, there's nothing there. There's electrons, just a vacuum. And so, uh, if things are bouncing around, like they, they, there's so much to look at, but I think some of that stuff is going to come to present itself. And like, I just think that so many people are going to have to keep an open mind about the future coming, coming up. Um, if, if not, you're going to get deceived because there's just like, the, they play off of that. Right. That's, that's what all the duality is online. Like, you know, you can't, my phone, my phone knows it's me. So it tells me all the stuff that I want to hear. It's like self reify it. It, it yeah, I have four Instagram accounts and I can tell them on the the one I don't want to be on when it shows me like all photography. Yep. And then I'm like, no, I want to look at, oh, I forgot to go to my main account. Oh, there's Alex Jones. Cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, but it just knows based off what you like and what you've watched the longest and uh, what you've I, shared the most. How do you think Alex Jones feels about that? <sighs> you know, know, doesn't doesn't he feel like he's in an echo chamber at that point? Like. Uh, everybody that he speaks to is either making fun of him right. or believing the fuck out of him. Yeah. It keeps him relevant. So I just think I that that's know. a, it's a really crappy way that we've figured out how to break stuff down or the way it breaks down. Oh, we just, put, yeah. We just put labels on people all the time. Yeah. And I, I, I felt that when, you know, you have a, uh, a show, you know, you have some art up, especially if you're like a, social justice person and you're trying to convince people of something with your artwork and you put it up and you got it hanging there. People are going to believe it. But the question I guess is what did they think of that subject before they came in? They probably already thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like we have these little groups and we're not really expanding outside of those groups. And I, like I said, my, I I was nervous to come on here today because like, I feel like uh, a lot of your viewers are definitely not going to just jump on the idea of loving themselves or any of these foo-foo things that I'm kind of talking about, but they do have value. And if you take away the ego part, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, considering yourself important, right? It's like, that's the first thing I'm, I'm worthy of doing this living really. You know, I don't think, I think a lot of people are struggling with that. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I thought of that I'm also guilty of too, is well, people are like, Oh, my kids come first, but then they put absolutely no maintenance into themselves. So how much of that are you pouring on over to your kids? You know, cause I'm guilty of that myself. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think about a lot anyway. Talk is cheap nowadays, I guess. Right. And we're our, we should be our own worst critics in that sense where you call yourself on the bullshit. But I think we have a lot of things 
social media to mask that. You can look at that and like it. It's a shame that that doesn't manifest itself in anything else other than just views or whatnot. You know, I, I feel like it's funny how like th- this author I'm talking about this dispenser guy, he talks about making a, a mind map or it's basically a mind map. It's, it's like something that you can, I think it's a movie actually a mind movie. And there's a app that you can plug stuff in and it's like, what the hell you want to happen in the future? So it's funny how that scientifically is kind of working for people because he's shown results where that's manifested itself after people focus on that. Right. But then you have, your phone where it's like, I can focus on having an Instagram account, but what's it really going to do other than grow my Instagram? It, you know, right. like there's no net result. Well, it's a catch 22 because you probably found this guy online. Yes. And I'm online right now. Right. So somebody so, might hear this and look him up and then turn their phone off and do what he says. And I'm a classic hater. So I, I, I <laughs> ask any of my students from back in the day, they will say Jeff is a hey, hater hey, because hey, hey. I will rip the shit out of it. Like I'll rip something apart, you know, but, and someone could do that with me. What's it? What, what's Jared even gotten this guy on here? He go, a, he, he screwed up his legs, made a mistake, went to art school, mistake, uh, <laughs> tattoo artist. That industry is kind of getting blown apart. Mistake. Now he's going to go into homesteading. What the hell? You can go out and buy eggs. What the hell is this guy doing? So, you can choose to rip me down, but that's the great part about being self-contained or comfortable with your own vision of the future is you don't need that approval. And right, I used right. to be like that. Like before I would do in a project, I would think, well, I lack this and this and this physically, but then I also lack these people's approval and I have to explain it to them before, you know, my mom or somebody right. I really want you to know what I'm doing. She doesn't care. She, she's my mom. She cares, but like no one really cares about what you're doing other than you. And like, is that just age? Was there one event that turned it off for you or is it just maturing? Gets like, beat out of you. I wish I life operates in such a backwards way. Like how great would it be if we went into life with more time and more knowledge, but we have more time and less knowledge. So you gain knowledge and dreams and all of these like perspectives. And then it just seems like time is so damn short lately. Right. And so that's a battle, but I think teaching people to not care would be a really cool thing for people to learn, you know, and I don't, I don't know how to get people to not care because everybody gives a shit, especially in the day of this old, uh, E5 that I was in the arm with used to say, uh, what do you say? I care, but I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And the first time you hear that's that, good. it makes absolutely no sense, but you start to uh, understand, understand a little bit more what that means. Well, I had that in here as like a point that I wanted to bring up where it's like, is patriotism a, a form of self-love, you know? And like, is that mentality a form of like, okay, I care, but I don't care about your perspective because I've done my own research and I'm confident in what I'm doing. Right. I don't, I don't know where it's hard to even gauge where people lie in that now because everybody is like, yeah, loving your place. loving your country is pretty. Uh, well, any 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 place but America is not mainstream. If you love it, it's not mainstream anymore. You're a white nationalist, even if you're not white. <laughs> I could say so much about that. Just coming from the background, I I did because in in art institutions, I I don't think anybody's going to listen to that from that that world. But you know, screw them if they do. Like I I. 
Yeah, welcome. That, that, Subscribe. That world is biased towards uh, kind of hating yourself. Maybe it was the school I went to, but I, you know, here I am just a, a, I talked about it on the last show. Like I'm just like out of place when I go out there and I'm living in Albuquerque where it's like in your face, very blatantly that we just shit all over their land, basically, you know? And like, you can't be a patriot and not address that and somehow handle that in your head where, you know, Mm -hmm. how can I just be blindly patriot patriotic and not address the fact that we've made mistakes. It's the same thing as psychotherapy. Like we've made tons of mistakes and we continue to make mistakes. And some people even say that the, the, our governmental agencies are captured, you know, and like that could be true, but uh, I'm still pulling for the home team. Right. I At still, the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, you could talk about any of the talking points and you can see the separation of people who think that America is shit and people who think that America is the shit. It's more nuanced than that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no country is the shit. Probably we could probably disprove that for any country. I mean, we're the best. Uh, yeah. I mean, at many things. Yeah. If, if we're all racing towards the bottom, we're still the best. <laughs> it just doesn't matter at this point. I don't think, <laughs> you know, right. And it's, you could argue about what States are the best. And it I matter for the, the kid, the uh, little kids in like Cuba and Venezuela and socialism that, are fighting over a dollar that have nothing to eat. We're just like, I'm going to track my calories tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, and how much of a fighting chance, and I'm not sticking up for socialism in any way, but uh, how much of a chance did those test cases ever, like they don't have much capital to begin with, you know, and like the U S is positioned in a way to be a certain way, just like China is positioned in the, the world to be a certain way. Like it's all, I used to think it's, it was kind of a a, a structuralist philosophy kind of goes into this where it's like, everything's got a product. Everything comes from something and there's a history to all that stuff. That's obvious, but how can it not be the thing after all? Like, it's just hard to make a quick turn like that. And I think that's what the U S is kind of going through where what people want isn't in line with what's happening. So that's the simplest way to put it. Yeah. I don't know how you get back. Well, we're not going to figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) I'm scared to figure it out. (laughs) You don't want to know even the, even the potential, you know, not violence, not like we're going to go do something, you know, uh, nothing like that. Uh, just like, well, what would happen if we quit supporting whatever? Like we're we're dependent upon the same things that we should. You mean be we can just stop paying taxes or anything? Just stop doing anything, any kind of boycott. Like, okay, we can do that, but not everybody can do that because we're so it's it's the game of Monopoly has already been played for a while. Right? There's only a few players left. No one's so, going to do anything because we just watch what happened when. Uh, as long as you have, you give them Netflix. Um. What else? Food delivered to their door. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have to show your party papers to go grocery shopping. But as long as you give them that, we'll do. Do, we'll do. Oh, we're getting in the hole again. 
I just found myself in the hole. I'm going to pull myself back out. You went through the screen. <laughs> Dipped your toe in, buddy. You smelled the air down there, and you're like, oh, that's nice cool air breeze coming out of that hole. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, well, why is it a hole, though? Is that because it's hidden? Is it? No, you know what just, I mean? Just think about just, the whole term rabbit hole. Like, oh, you're going down in a hole to find some information. It's dirty down there. It's, you know, all these things. Did that term come out before Alice in Wonderland? I'm sure, sure it's got plenty to do with that. But I just, I'm trying to break down, like, you know, why do they have us feeling like I got to go into the dirt to dig all these things up? When Where would you rather go? I would prefer them to be just laying out in the middle <laughs> of the field for me to look at. Yeah. You know, let me get some light on that thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know freaking light down on there it. with a headlamp. Like, <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, like, have you guys ever predicted a crash before it happens? You know what I mean? Like, you're in a weird way. Predicted yeah, a call. It doesn't have to be a crash, but like an event or something. Yeah. It's almost like your brain isn't thinking about it, but something else in your body tells you, you know, it's your gut. They say it's your gut. And I think. The book that you loaned me is really pretty much just about that. And a lot of what we talked about today is pretty much about that, where it's like, um, you're kind of being a little bit psychic when you can manipulate time and think about something in a intuitive way, you know, and I, I think that's part of what they're saying is to modify your brain chemistry. So, so part of the automatic things your body is doing is a good thing rather than a negative thing. Mm-hmm. And so the last it's happened to me so many times riding bikes. Uh, it's horrifying because you, you know that you're probably going to, you're probably going to see the crash before it happens. So you're kind of getting it twice. But the most recent thing is I went outside with my stupid Crocs on and slipped you know, and I thought about it as I was walking out into the snow. I thought you have Crocs on. You shouldn't be out here going way too fast. And as soon as you think that it, it happens. So is that moment charged by me thinking that's going to happen? I think it does. You know, like it's almost predictive. And I going back to when I was a kid riding, just learned how to ride a bicycle. I'm going to hit something. What happens? Wham. Yeah. So. I don't know if That's, you can blame it on the Crocs as much because they are very slippery, but no, it's my decision to wear the Crocs, but <laughs> they're easy to, you know, they're easy to put on. Well, I, I get that. Right. They're not doing anybody any favors when it comes to traction but <laughs> or style. I don't know. It's just you, you're laying there in a puddle and you're all muddy and shit. And you're just thinking, I did this to myself. I knew this was going to happen. I mean, do you think it's that or is it like just intuition? Like, bro, why am I out here? I'm in Crocs. Bam. I don't know. know. It's a chicken or the egg for sure. All right. I feel like it's a chicken. Not an egg. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes any sense. No, I get it. uh, You know, and like, are you guys familiar with the term entropy? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where entropy. like, I feel like we talked you build about a house before. and you have a deck mm-hmm. and you don't do much to the deck. What happens to the deck? Yeah. So that's entropy, right? And that's just a life thing. You know, everything deteriorates if you're not paying attention to it. And so 
that's embedded within being conscious also is saying I there's there's other studies that they've done on on the molecular level that they're crazy where it's like uh water you can have molecules of water sitting around and give this one love and praise and talk nice to it and then you got this one in another room and you go in there and you hate the fuck out of it <laughs> screw you water yeah the famous, Why are you doing this to me the water? famous ones with plants right yeah. Or they shame plants. Yep. And they've done it to all sorts of stuff. And um, careful what you talk smack on. Right. What can you get away with that with? Even your phone. Like, it, think about that when AI starts coming around. You can't be mean to your phone anymore. Don't be talking <laughs> shit on Alexa. She'll come back at you, you know? <laughs> Not wrong. But uh, self driving cars through your freaking. I think that happens with my, like my, if I'm going to make a print and I'm dealing with a printer, like I'll come into it with a good attitude because that printer couldn't rise up against me in a way. Yeah. Right. I know that's absurd, but. Well, you, do you think it's absurd <clears throat> when pilots and people do that to their aircraft? Like what's, what's it hurting to talk nice to the plane that you're flying around? Right. Or to just have a good attitude. And I right. think that's, that's underlying everything is just like what you think of it what emotions it creates in your body like that's such a simple way to look at things but it's like i have social anxiety so like i know putting myself in a bar situation is not going to be good for me like can i do it yeah but i have to be conscious of like what that's going to do um you know I, i there is something to all of this stuff on a subatomic level and even on a generational level, like they've proven that they had these mice and they traumatized them when they showed them cherry blossoms and then generation cherry blossoms. I don't know. It's random, but it was just like the trigger, right? Okay. Uh, So these mice are triggered. They get those mice to have babies and even generations later, cherry blossom. Ah. So isn't that kind of crazy? And like, there, there's this other person that I, I wanted to mention in here, but I didn't really get a chance to, uh, Rupert Sheldrake. It's this guy who since the nineties, he's been trying to prove some of this stuff scientifically where it's like a butterfly in this continent will have a, a adaptation where it will change over time. And then over in this other continent where there's no crossing over of, you know, it's adapting in the same way or it'll take on the same traits. And, it's just interesting to me how I mean we've kind of proven that already with evolution haven't we like yeah but not on a interior mental space level mm-hmm. where it's like well my grandpa was in world war II. Oh, you mean that that what soon? if that trauma goes through to you somehow mm-hmm. uh, even if he doesn't talk about it that could exist very easily that's probably why I don't like Korean food could be could be all the side condiments also that's confusing all the pickled stuff mm, right it's difficult to choose yeah crazy flavor no i've heard wait i've heard of what you're talking about before it may have been from you i've never thought about it like that well it's really interesting it is interesting you know and i I think it gives us kind of an out when it comes to like why we feel the way we feel about some things like why am i socially anxious well maybe something happened in you know my grandparents or great grandparents live or who even knows but it's totally wild but it makes i mean it makes sense well like, we tend to just like go straight to our formative years why is this wrong with me well what happened right. when i was zero to seven to to form that i i just think there's more to it than we understand and humans are so bad at being like this is the way thing like look at 
universes or big bang theory or any of these. That's why they put theory after it. Cause they don't freaking know. Right. Dress it up however you want, but you don't know. Uh, maybe we'll get to know him someday, but that's kind of a scary thing also, I guess. Right. I don't know if people are prepared for that. Maybe when they unleash this, the real science on us. I think people would definitely like to have one version of the truth, you know, and there should be one version of the truth. That's why it's called truth. Eh? I don't know if anybody even believes about it anymore. I, oh, we're doing it again. Yeah. Truth. <laughs> what is that? Is there an F on that? Truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just, it's crazy to think about all those things and try to sum them up for yourself. And what are you going to do with it? But I, what else are you like? I, I'd rather understand things and try to respond. I guess I feel the same way about conspiracy and some of the things that I know talk about intuition, you know, like trust your intuition with some of that stuff. That's why they say to do your own research because you're not like going to just read stuff. You're going to experience it emotionally. Right. That's going to, lead you to a much better place, I think. So I, I tend to, you, you, you hit on it a little bit, but in, in racing bikes, it's so easy to put yourself in that other brainwave. Like they call it alpha or, you know, we're in a certain frequency most of the time where we're thinking we're in our interior space. But if you're on a bike and the gate drops and you're out there with a bunch of other riders, there is no way in hell you're thinking about anything except for, what's going on. And it forces you into this state of like uh, intuition or whatever you want to call it flow. A lot of people call it that. Uh, and I'm not saying that I'm like great at it, but you can experience that with anything doing dishes. Yeah. Flow state. Uh, it's just being mindful. And I, the person that told me about it was a, a professor who just like got so mad at the class for not doing what they were doing, not doing the assignment. And uh, she just said, you guys are missing out on the point completely. All this stuff is so easy if you just become mindful about it. Like, that's another cheesy sounding thing. But, um, you know, I I was setting fence posts in the cold a few weeks ago. And like, why would I, why would anyone, everybody, even when I went to Lowe's to buy more posts, they're like, hell of a day to be doing this. (laughs) You sure you want to be out doing this today? Yeah. I do because it makes me feel good. And like, it gives me something to pay attention to other than the shit that's dealt out to me all like, we're all just being brainwashed by the stuff that we, you know, and that sounds like such a top down thing to say. Your brain. I have a phone too in my pocket, but I don't like it. I want to spike it on the ground sometimes. Uh, I always wanted to do that. have like a, you know, like the ALS challenge, but instead it's like spike your phone in the ground challenge. <laughs> but I really think people should do the icky shuffle when they, do you guys remember the icky shuffle? It's the perfect spike the your icky, phone on the ground thing. The icky shuffle. Yeah, There's yeah. too many shuffles now, dude. I forget. The icky shuffle was the, uh, maybe the longest one. And the reason that they, I don't know much about sports, but I do know this. That's why they made the, the 10 second rule or whatever the celebration rule is. Then, And I think they even oh. outlawed celebrations for a while because like, you know, he's got this Excessive whole routine celebration. Yeah. He's got this whole like shuffling the ball back and forth. Dude, you should and know. It's a dance. And then he gives this huge spike at the end. 
Tim's, oh. been, Tim's been into football for. I don't know a lot about sports, month. but I've been uh, I've been sports betting. You know, that's oh, a, really that's a slippery slope. Let me tell you, I could imagine because don't they bet on everything? Like anything. What color uh, socks is so and so going to have? You on? can bet on everything. Um, the only thing I would bet on maybe is this, like where they have like someone who's not even an athlete come in and try and kick a field goal. That seems interesting right? to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's it's, no way that you can. It's crazy. And uh, your bet. And I don't want to get down my own rabbit hole, but they're making so much money off of people sitting on their off, on their couch, on their phones, just dumping money yes. into this thing. I mean, <clears throat> are sports legitimately real anymore? Well, didn't you guys just see that thing that came out where the Canadian news accidentally let it slip about who's going to be in the Super Bowl? <laughs> I did. I did. Dude, what? Aren't we all just waiting to see now if it's going to be the Ravens and the yes. 49ers? Like, I yes. could give two shits. Yeah. I can't tell you a single like, Super Bowl winner for the, the game, past 20 years. The game years. last night didn't matter because the Ravens and the 49ers already won there, you know. So, so the next ones are going to tell the tale of whether or not that prediction. So, say that again. Some Canadian. News it's like, network. It's like talking so it about the, the halftime show, and it says. So this might not be true, or is it? For it real? very well might not be true. Well, either way, but it was a news story. Apparently, Correct. I haven't vetted any was of this. It like Trudeau. No, news. it's like it's like Post Malone and so and so and so and so are going to be in the halftime show at the 49ers in Baltimore game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. well, then you see all these. Do you think that that? Okay, so we're going to get psyopy real quick. Here. Okay, send it. But what if their purpose is to mislead people well, about the truth of it? We've thought, so, about, like, we've thought about you know, that, too. Like, they could Who's say we? that. Is there something going on I don't know about? My betting groups. Oh, you're betting. Okay. You know, I don't uh, care about I'm that. In the, I started this group called the Broke Boys. <laughs> $5 bets and less. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's all right. All right. Tell me Did about these Broke the Back Mountain Boys. Uh, you know, we all use the same app, so we, we're all in this group and you can see what other people are betting and if you like it you can just click on their bet and like i want to bet that too and you know whatever but yeah we've talked among uh talked amongst ourselves and you're like oh did you see that canadian thing you know we're all talking about it and then you start looking and there's all these videos of like what's that going to do with the spread for that does it matter i don't know i don't understand it but it would seem like that prediction has pretty much for everybody that's betting, they're like, all right, 49ers are going to win. And, and so de- now my, are they going to pull the rug back out? And there's definitely group? some naysayers within at least my group. Like, oh, it's not rigged. Like, and there's side betting going on. Like side betting on whether or not it's rigged. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that's yeah. That's the kind of thing they I want to do that on. with everything. Everything should have a bet. <laughs> like uh, side bet on whether or not a couple it's nights rigged. ago who, who played uh, the 49ers. Dude, you've been into sports for like three months. I don't. What? I I don't know. I don't know anything about sports. But <laughs> so like, I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> like I don't know it's all the rules and stuff. But you know, the one day he's like, I want me and Cole are watching basketball. I'm like, why? Who are you? He's like, I, I bet on. I it. got I'm that like, gorilla oh. riding on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, when there's money involved. I care. Okay. <sighs> oh, well, man. I think all that aside, it's like, uh, like you know f- what. We thought we once thought wrestling was real. Also, like when I was it's a kid, not, I'm like, man, they're beating the crap out of each other. And it's like, well, that's true. You know, and I'm, maybe they do a little bit. But like, does does Vegas call and say, hey, I thought political parties are real up until very, very recently. They need know? to get a first down right now. 
And then it happens. Like, what the fuck? Like, there's videos. Follow the money. There's videos of of these people running balls. And then, you know, the the defense is going to tackle him. Like, oh, he needs a first down. And then you see him. They just juke. And he just runs off the sidelines. Like, what the hell was that? He could have got five, six more yards. (laughs) I don't get it. Well, Jared's going to make fun of the sports ball. But I I can understand the intrigue, I guess. Uh, But. Man, what do you think that if that comes out or if it can come? Let's talk about the idea of whether or not that kind of idea can even come out at this point. No. Think about all the things that are coming out. No, no one fully Football accepts Football is way too coveted as a distraction technique. They even yeah. when everything was shut down during COVID, they're like, do whatever you want. Just don't take away football. And they're like, fine, you got it back. There's no way that that's going to come out that it's all rigged. There's no way. I just don't think like things can even it's because of what we were talking about where it's like you have two versions of, of what's going on and one side will never accept the other side and everything gets broken down that way. Now. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it is rigged, but it wouldn't be that hard if it was because 90% of it's probably just compartmentalized where it's only rigged at the top 10%, but all the players, all the athletes and everything, it's not rigged to them. I like this They're idea out there playing their game. You know, I like your idea about betting on whether or not something is rigged on the side. Like let's completely, but how do you, you do verify it with the show? That? How do you, you verify can, that? Uh, I don't know how you do, but like at least on the game that we were watching that night, uh, it was the Packers and the uh, 49ers. You should just let it get bigger every week. Five, five more dollars in the pot every week. It doesn't get decided. And then eventually that truth will come out. Hopefully. I don't know. Same thing. We could do the same thing with uh, politicians. All, all I know is the Packers <laughs> were, were leading the game up until like the last minute. And I had to go on a squad run. But. Come back and 49ers won. It's like, what the crap happened? I don't know. But on the other side, there's a lot of people that are losing their livelihoods from their phones. Just betting on, you know, because they won one time or something. Or they had a couple hot streaks and they're just blowing the fuck out of their money. (laughs) And I don't think they realize it. Like, there's got to be so many people that are just ruining their lives. Because sports betting is so easy. House always wins. Always wins. That's why Robin Hood got so popular. It's crazy. The stock market. They turned it into a video game. Yeah. I feel bad for some of these people that are might not know exactly what they're doing. You know, I don't. It's too easy. Yeah. Isn't it? It's in many states now, right? Yeah. Some like Florida, it's not full fledged allowed, I believe yet. And there's probably other states, but I think Florida's good to go. I don't know because Almeida was talking to me about it the one day because they can do like he's got he was talking about uh fan picks or whatever it's called something you mean only fans I was gonna say that sounds like something else only picks (laughs) fan picks (laughs) we're getting awfully close to something I don't want to say sports betting that was what he was mad about before the show started yes. You think that that's going to last the OnlyFans thing? Isn't there, isn't there just like, dude, they made so, let me just Google how much money. Well, they uh, were going to shut it down at one point. <laughs> they were going to shut down nudity. And it's like, that I think be 90% dude, of your, I swear they did that to get it in the headlines. Probably. They're, they had to have. I don't, I don't know. It's a strange place we live in right now. Well, let's hop off here and go smash one of Tim's computers. Oh, like office space. Mm-hmm. 
I'll I smash anything better. electronic. You know, I've been, you know what I've been pushing to do for a while. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to start the war, but I, I think you do that Iggy shuffle cell phone thing and it might go viral. How do I post it though? Afterwards, you got to tape it. We'll post we'll it. We'll post it. Yeah. Okay. I will do it. I'll pull one of these cameras <laughs> off the wall. Even I got to go study up on my shuffle. Yeah. I want it to be spot on. <laughs> I think he spikes it between his legs, which is even cooler. Worth it. Yeah. Timmy, you got anything, buddy? No, man. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Next time I come on, I'm spiking my phone. And I'm going to work it on it. It better be your active phone. You can't just find a phone. I'm going to work on it. Like, I'm going to call you on it before <laughs> you do it. I haven't jumped in 20-some years. And I'm going to work on jumping up in the air so I can... <laughs> Bike that shit between my legs. <laughs> so we might have to set up out on the veranda. We'll go out on the I'm veranda. I'm gonna need some room. <laughs> I know we got really excited for uh, making this studio, but I, I'm looking forward to getting back out on the that porch. Outdoor podcasts are pretty cool. Yeah. You know? Birds chirping. Birds chirping. chirping. Yeah. I used to get pissed off about editing it, but now I'm like, man, just the nice natural it's nice. sunlight. Clean. It's yeah. quaint. Yeah. And maybe somebody won't be building a house next door, but anyway, yeah. it's built now. It's fine. All right, guys. Well, if you have followed along with us this far, thank you, uh, all three or four of you. We appreciate it. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe. That's somewhere over there. Hit the bell. Yeah. And uh, if you do subscribe to us and you uh, watch us and listen to us, we appreciate it. Thank you. So, Jeff, thanks for coming on, buddy. No problem. Thanks, thanks appreciate it. Later. Later. Bye.